the Jody Mack Show on CBS Sports Radio. Here's Jody McDonald. Hour number three for me on this Sunday gathering here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack hanging out with you for another two. I came in to talk to my producer, James Ward, today, and I said, you know, let's do something a little different. Let's combine two things. Yesterday we talked a ton about the NFL draft and plenty about the NBA because they are in the midst of the playoffs. Boston up five with 20 seconds to go. Look like they can stave off elimination of the Knicks, but maybe I shouldn't say that because we've seen games that we thought were going to end, haven't ended, and continued on and deep into overtime and the like. But I said, let's let's combine the two main things we talked about yesterday, draft and NBA, but not NFL draft, NBA draft. And when I talk NBA draft, I like to talk to Jonathan Gavoni, whose Draft Express is as good a website as you're going to find for information on the draft. Not even close, far and away the best on international basketball reporting. He's good enough to give us a couple of his, a uh, little of his time and a couple of his minutes here with us today. Jonathan, Jody Mack here in New York. How are you, bud? Doing great, Jody. How are you? Good. Appreciate you coming on board. Um... I was reading on your site a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't even remember when it was. Apologize for not remembering. But the rules did change a little bit this year about how players, when players had to declare whether they were going to come out, whether they could find out information about whether they were going to be drafted first round, second round, not drafted, and the like. And it made it more difficult for the kids. And you put this up there right at the end of the uh, college basketball season uh, toward the uh, championship round when Louisville took it all down. Did it play out the way that you thought it was? It would? Did it make it more difficult to, for the players who were not the given lottery-type players to actually make a decision on whether to go back to school or come out in the draft? Well, what the NCAA did is they basically made it impossible for – college underclassmen to test the waters. In the past, you were able to put your name in the draft, go work out for teams, and then up until 10 days before the draft, you can pull your name out if you didn't like where you were and just come back to another year of school. Basically, they made that impossible now. So if at this point, the early entry deadline is, is tonight at midnight, any player that enters the, enters the draft it cannot go back to college anymore. Uh, so that definitely had a little bit of a chilling effect, it seems, because quite a few players who were projected to enter the draft decided to come back for another year, even though next year's draft looks infinitely better than this year. This is considered to be a fairly weak draft class. There's no real superstar at the top. There's no real LeBron James type franchise changer. And uh, now it seems to lack quite a bit of depth as well, because probably about 15 guys who would have gotten, you know, very strong consideration to be drafted in the, in the first, uh, you know, 40 or so picks decided to go back to school. So this is going to be a very um, strange draft. I think a guy that you pick at, at 11 or 12, that could have be, could have gone 40 on, on someone else's draft board. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. One player who, and I want to ask you about a lot of those players you just mentioned who decided to go back that may have been in that secondary range into the second round. One who didn't fit that bill is the kid Smart from Oklahoma State who almost everybody had projected as a top five pick, maybe even a top three pick. And he came out early and said he's going back to school what was the story beside, uh, about him deciding to go back to Oklahoma State for another year? Well, they lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and I think he was very disappointed by that. And they have a pretty good 
class, um, you know, returning alongside with him. He has another kid named LeBron Nash, who was a potential first-round pick, who also decided to go back to school. So I think they just came together and said, you know, let's give this another shot. Let, let's go and try and win uh, in the NCAA tournament next year. And, you know, he made a kind of an unconventional decision. But that's kind of the, the type of kid that he is. Um, he really, really values winning. And uh, he kind of, you know, marched to his own feet a little bit. So that's why he decided to come back. Jonathan Gavoni from uh, DraftExpress.com, one of your top uh, basketball websites for insight for the draft and international players coming into the draft out there. You should check it out. He's our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, you mentioned a group of individuals who you thought could have been in the draft, picked somewhere from the end of the lottery into the second round, 40s. A pretty good-sized group of those who may have come out in other years decided to go back this year. Give me uh, one or two names that you think actually may have misjudged and may actually pay a price if they don't go back and have a great season in college basketball, might drop even further than they would have gotten this year or dropped all the way out of the draft. I don't really like to judge kids because it's such an individual decision if you decide to enter the draft or not. And, and really, who knows, coming back, if you're going to help yourself or hurt yourself. We saw Trey Burke. You know, borderline first-round pick last year, uh, decided to come back, and now he might go in the top five. Uh, and then you see a guy like Adonis Thomas from Memphis, who probably would have been a first-rounder, uh, maybe even top 20, decided to go back to school, and now he, you know, he's he declared this year he might go undrafted. So there's really there's never any guarantees, and um, it really it depends so much on how much the the player is enjoying his college experience, what his family situation is like. Uh, so it's, it's tough for me to judge. But Isaiah Austin is someone that uh, apparently decided today to, to go back to school. He probably would have been drafted somewhere from 10 to 20. I think you had a, a good chance to go in the lottery potentially. But uh, he decided to go back to school. Baylor is going to have a very, very good class um, coming in and also coming back. So they have a, a good chance to – to make uh, another run to the Elite Eight like they did um, not this last year but the year before. So uh, he's one kid. Um, James McAdoo from North Carolina is another that some people thought was going to be in the draft but decided to come back. His teammate P.J. Harrison also did. So uh, college basketball is going to be very, very strong. A lot of the stars like Doug McDermott, like Rush Smith, decided to, to return to school. So Next year's college basketball season is going to be great because there's also a fantastic high school class entering. They'll be freshmen. So it's going to be very, very entertaining next season. We're talking to Jonathan Boney from DraftExpress.com, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, let me ask about just some individual players. You've got Nerlens Noel still at the top of your mock. Uh, I think if he hadn't gotten hurt, he would have been the runaway number one choice. Now people have to gauge how bad his injury was, if he's going to become an injury problem. Uh, We have seen this with big men before. If they start as injury problems, they usually continue to be injury problems. Uh, We'll find out on Lottery Day who gets the chance to call out his name if he's going to be the first pick in the draft. Why is he going to be different than some of the other injury-plagued centers we've seen get picked real high before? I think if you look at the track record of ACL tears, especially over the last five to seven years or so, most guys come back just as strong, if not stronger. And what 
most people say is that the earlier you have the ACL tear, um, the, the, the more easily you can recover from it. So I think the number one is he'll go number one as long as he gets a clean um, bill of health. So not every ACL tear is the same. Sometimes there's other ligaments that get injured while, when that one was torn. So I think that he's going to have a very, very thorough medical uh, done, you know, physical with whatever team gets a number one pick um, and whatever other teams he works out for. And as long as they, they, they think that he's going to recover from that and, and be okay, and, you know, he'll be back probably in January, February. So um, at the latest, I think he'll be okay long-term. All right. Shabazz Muhammad was probably the top-ranked high school player coming into college basketball for this season. Had issues at the beginning for UCLA, couldn't play the first couple of games, and then had a good season, not an off-the-charts type season, and that's why you've got him down at number 10 or 11 in your mock draft. Can Muhammad move up between now and then? Will the buzz start on him? Is his uh, individual team workouts going to be enough to get him back up into the top five, some uh, spot that some thought he was a lock for before this year started? I think he can definitely rise in this draft. Um, he's such a great scorer. He might be the best scorer in this class. And uh, he came into this year out of shape. Um, so I think that if he's been taking this process seriously, he has a real chance to come into the NBA Combine two weeks from now uh, just a, in much better condition physically than he was during the season and maybe, uh, you know, look more athletic than he did because he, that, he didn't really translate a lot of the things that we saw in high school. He was just much bigger and stronger than everybody. Later on, we, we found out that he was actually lying about his age. He was a year older than he was listed. And that really, really put a damper on things because it kind of put his high school performance in perspective. He right. said, okay, well, he was a year older. He was already so much bigger and stronger than everybody. And, 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 and nobody really likes getting duped at the same time. And I think that, that all those things together combined with the fact that he, you know, he'll be, he, he, he's going to be one of the players with the lowest assist rate um, in the history of the of the NBA draft, get picked in the first round. Um, I think him and Michael Beasley are the only two guys that had fewer assists per possession than anybody else, which is a little bit scary, you know, when you think about it. Um, but I, I do think that he has a chance to rise in this draft just because there's so many teams that need wing players, need guys that can score. And he's, he's going to be very attractive because he can come in and do that from day one for someone. Who's the top Euro or two coming into the draft? Can either one of them play themselves into the lottery range? There's five or six Europeans that can go in the first round, and there isn't really a great deal of separation between any of them. I think if you talk to all 30 teams, they might have them all ranked um, differently. But I think the one that we have right now at number one is, is Rudy Gobert. He's a 7-2 French center. He has a 7-9 wingspan. He's a very, very mobile player. He's a great shot blocker. Uh, he's a solid rebounder. He's a great finisher. He shoots about 75% from the field. Uh, he's not a very polished player offensively, but he can be a real game changer for someone. And at a 7-2, uh, if he fills out, which he definitely needs to do, he could definitely be a starting center in the NBA for someone. All right, and last thing, uh, again, one of the things that you do on yours, a lot of the sites do it as well, but I just think yours is very good at it. 
the 2014 mock draft? Why don't we go upwards of two years in advance? And, of course, we get closer to the draft. The next year's draft does as well. You and anybody else on the planet who does this has Andrew Wiggins as the number one pick next year. I've heard people say he's the best kid to come out of high school since LeBron James and make he, uh, comparisons he to he and uh, between he and the uh, king. Um, has he, Correct me if I'm wrong, he still hasn't declared as to where he's going next year uh and he still is it has not announced that he probably will by may 15th okay so by may 15th where do you think he's going and is there any question that he's a one and done you know i i, I went to the three all-star games this past month mcdonald's american game the jordan brain classic the nike hoop summit i watched him play in practice i got a chance to talk to him he's a very shy kind of reluctant um guy around the media, but I don't think, I really honestly believe him when he says he has no idea where he's going to go. I think that it's kind of the last thing that he wants to think about. He's the type of kid who just kind of wants to be at home by himself, you know, play NBA Live on the PlayStation and just kind of hang out with his friends. All the attention, uh, it's really not his cup of tea, which is something that teams are a little bit concerned about because he's not, he's not LeBron James in terms of savoring the attention. He's not Kobe Bryant who wants to just rip your heart out. He's an unbelievable athlete. He's a phenomenal talent and overall scorer. 6'8", jumps out of the gym, can, can do pretty much anything on the court on both offensively and defensively, but he's not really a killer yet, which is it's going to be interesting to see if he goes to a place like Kentucky where a lot of people think he'll go. He could end up blending in there a little bit. You know, they have um, six or seven other, you know, McDonald's All-American type players. And um, Kansas and North Carolina are coming at him a lot stronger. And he might be able to, to be more of a featured guy there. And, and the coaching staff might have to push him into being a star, which that's probably what's going to happen. And so I, I, Florida State is also in the mix. But I think it's going to come down to Kansas or North Carolina when it's all said and done. And for those who don't know him, his father, Mitchell Wiggins, used to play in the NBA. And, yeah, I've kind of heard the things that you just mentioned, that he's not an outgoing kid. He's not someone who gravitates toward the attention the way a LeBron James did and the like. Is is Mitch dropping the ball here? Is Mitch just letting the kid be what the kid wants to be? Or is he not as hands-on as one would think, a guy who understands what it's all about, the process of going from high school to college into the NBA, that he's not either lecturing a kid or pushing a kid or trying to get the kid to come along? I think I think it's a personality type. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I think that it's kind of, you know how you're how you 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 you're born. You know and you grow. Some people just uncomfortable being you know um, an alpha male, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with being the second or third player on your team. I think people in the NBA need that too. You know, and uh, maybe he'll grow into that. I mean, we saw he, he's 18 years old, and we've seen a lot of um, you know NBA stars kind of have to grow into that a little bit. Um, so I mean, Kevin Durant wasn't the most aggressive guy either. You know. Um, in high school, but uh, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. He's a really great all-around player. He plays, uh, he, he passes the ball. Uh, he's he, he's a good teammate. He's coachable. So um, you know, he's not an alpha male. That's that's fine. You know, that that's kind of the way. Sometimes that's how kids are. 
Jonathan, great stuff. You know we'll be touching base between now and late June when we actually have the NBA draft. We appreciate the couple-month early preview that you provided for us today. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Jody. That's Jonathan Gavona. You should check out his site, uh, draftexpress.com. You should follow him on Twitter as well, at Draft Express, if you are a draft Nick. And now that you put the NFL draft in your rearview mirror, you can start to look ahead to the NBA draft like me.